Hello, everyone. Welcome. It's another edition of Adventures in Careerland. Hey, we're in season number five. This is episode number eight, and this is part of a giant continuum of fifty-eight podcasts. We're in, we're in episode we're in podcast number fifty-eight. It's amazing. Can't believe we've gone this far. We thank our eight or nine viewers and listeners who listen in on this every single time. It's an amazing achievement for us. Hey, we've got a zinger of a show today. I'm Adriano Magnifico. I'm your co-host. I am the career lead at the Louis Riel Arts and Tech Center. This is a great place, 13 applied technical and apprenticeship programs for students who think, you know what, I've got to go get an extra dose of schooling. I've got to go find a place where I can get some skills. I've got to go find a place where I can discover where my best self may lie and who values my skill sets outside of the building. So when we're, when, when we're doing this podcast, we are in one of those 13 programs. We're in the podcast studio at the Arts and Technology Center. And it's a broadcast media program, which I think is the gem of the whole collection. Uh, a little bias there, because they're helping us with the podcast. It is that program from which we deliver this podcast. So, hey, super, super excited to do this. And in this space, I'm not in the broadcast media program. I've had a knee replacement surgery. So... I'm in the yellow room at home. How exciting. And in the yellow room, I connect with the podcast media group. And we're connecting with two of our co-hosts who are really, really able and intelligent and who help keep this whole thing going. CJ Campbell, they, them, CJ. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I had my usual coffee this morning, so feeling pretty good. CJ, so nice to have you. And, of course, we have a substitute co-host because Andre is just not feeling well and uh, we want to get him back soon but we have our good friend Zachary Bowser. Zachary how are you sir? I'm doing good at this point you may as well call me Andre. <laughs> not yet not yet. <laughs> you know, Andre will be back I have every every faith that that he will be back. Oh, for and, sure. Hey but you know what you're feeling enabling and and you're doing a great job so we're happy to have you. Hey I'm interested I'm at home convalescing with this knee, I'm trying to straighten my knee, and uh, it's beginning to feel better and better every day. The miracle of the medical profession that they have totally reconstructed my knee. I'm just, it's a total replacement. So it's pretty cool, but it's very painful. And now I'm starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, but one of the things I get to do when I convalesce at home is watch the World Cup of Soccer. Let's go. I love it. I love watching this. So I want to know what you two think about soccer and the World Cup of Soccer, my two Gen Zers. Uh, I uh, do, you, do you want me to start? Yeah, I okay. think I sure. think you're best to start sure. with this one. Um, so I mean, I'm a huge soccer fan. Uh, I was introduced, or I at least really got into it in about 2018, which is the last World Cup that happened uh, in in Russia, and uh, of course France took the took the cup home with them. Um, I feel like for me, there's two teams I cheer for. It's it's Canada and then it's France. Um, I, I don't have any ties to France particularly, um, but you know, just the the youth that they have, 
uh, in so many players up top, defending, midfield, just everywhere. They're so fun to watch as well. They're they're fast, but uh, no, soccer is a, a great sport, but it does take a, a, a relatively uh, distinguished palate. What, what a way to describe it. It's But it, it's worldwide, right? It's worldwide. When we had Canada in the World Cup, everybody started rejoicing. We hadn't been there since 86. I remember the 86 with people like Bob Leonard Doozy. You don't know what I'm talking about. But these were some of our World Cup players back in the day. And to have them back in the World Cup, and it's killing me because Italy's not in there. The, right. the Euro Cup champ of Italy. Oh, Madonna. Madonna. I can't believe they're not in there. It's... it's uh. It, it drives me crazy. I can't. It's almost like I can't watch it, but I love watching it so much. I went to see CJ. Before I get to that, CJ, what do you think of World Cup? Do you care? This is the world's <laughs> biggest tournament anywhere for anything. What do you uh, think? Well, I'm not a soccer fan at all. <laughs> I I enjoy football and I enjoy hockey and I enjoy a lot of the other sports, but soccer is just one that does not sit with me because it doesn't seem that entertaining in my opinion it's people who run back and forth and chase a ball and then they fake injuries so it's it's not my cup of tea fake, fake and injuries is an italian art form i don't know what you're talking <laughs> about that's a beautiful thing i've uh i played some soccer my day a good fake of an injury uh you know with something to something to kind of revere something to look at and go wow he went down perfectly and he's not hurt at all. Brilliant. A special skill set is faking injuries. It takes, it takes a special <laughs> skill set. That's soccer. But I'm telling you, there's no sport in the world that brings every, think about it, every nation together. As much as you say they're chasing a ball around, well, they're chasing a puck around too. Or they're chasing a pigskin around too. Soccer for me is a quintessential game. Even though, um, and, and well, I, I I went to watch a World Cup in in, in Europe and uh, in 1990, actually, when it, when it was in Italy. And so uh, I'll tell you how seriously they take this stuff. My, I was in a, we were, Italy was in a semifinal. And I was in a town called Perugia, going to school there in Italy. And we were in a courtyard watching the giant screen. It was just enormous. And um, Italy lost on a penalty kick in a semifinal. To Argentina when Italy lost the game that first of all there were fights in the streets that that goes without saying usually it was the English guys anyway uh then everybody shuttered their doors it was it became like no one even lived in the streets the sadness and the pain of losing that game was so significant and I was talking to my relatives in Rome on phone I said we lost we lost it they shuddered. They literally shuttered their windows. I've I've never seen anything like it. These people take their soccer so seriously. Where we might watch the Jets and have our whiteout, but we go home, we walk home, we're sad. These people like live this. It's in their heart. I and the soccer. I played on a soccer tournament in Italy when I was a a young man, and uh, oh my gosh, it the sidelines were we were it was a nothing tournament in a small little rural town called Piano Vamano with my dad's uh relatives and such there were a thousand people on the sidelines watching this and they were screaming at me because I was the only they, they let me play in the tournament discovered I was lousy 
and then put me in goal and they were screaming americano americano like they thought it was some great pickup i i, I think i cost them the game anyway soccer's in the blood so we, the way we treat hockey i don't i don't even think we love our hockey there's nothing like soccer i think the gray cup is like probably not as important or oh. um big as the world cup but the gray cup i know a lot of people were devastated when the Bombers lost it by one point. I still don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. That hurt. That hurt. But I, it, it's not in the same league. It's, uh, it is, it is devastating. I, you know, it, but it's, it's just not in the same league. Soccer is the quintessential, the universal sport, and it's because anyone can play it. All you need is a pair of shoes and a ball, and I, I think that's what makes it really, really accessible to everybody too. So in third world countries, soccer is number one, right? All, all you need is a ball. And half the time, they don't even have shoes. They're just playing. It's amazing. Anyway, hey, enough of that. We've got a podcast to get on with. And we've got a, this is going to be a zinger of a podcast. And I know I said that in the past, but I think this time I really mean it. Because we've got a guest who is someone I admire a great deal. Someone who is an amazing person. I had the great fortune to meet way back in 2017 and 18. She's a Nelson McIntyre Collegiate grad from 2018. And uh, she's gone on to the Faculty of Engineering and done some amazing things. I'm always amazed by what she does and her sense of, of I, I, her, her, just her sense of assertiveness and energy, but in the most graceful and, and cool way. So I'd like to introduce you to Katie Catherine Hawthorne. Katie, how are you? Hello, I'm doing very good. Thank you for having me. That was a great introduction. Well, I, I sincerely mean it because every once in a while you come across a student. Uh, when I was actually a career facilitator at Nelson Mac, you, you run across a student with a special skill set. And I think that was you at, at the time. And we really, I got to know you a bit through uh, the Junior Achievement Program, which is a program I advocate all the time. I, I, if I could, I would get every student doing this program because there's nothing as real as that program. So talk a bit about, I, I only got to know you in grade 11, but talk about kind of how you joined that JA program. You did it for a couple of years and then how you ascended into it and, and, and what that did for you. Sure. Um, so I started the Junior Achievement Program uh, as a high school student for my last two years of high school and basically got involved in it because I didn't know anything about the world of business and um, was simply curious about it. So I joined the program, ended up working with a bunch of peers, friends, and uh, fellow students at my high school, and uh, stayed in until graduation. We ended up as a team um, coming together. I think we had a large student team, a lot of interest in our small high school, and um, we ended up doing very well in the competition. Uh, we pulled ourselves together, and I think it was really motivating to um, learn a whole new skill set. We dealt with finances, marketing, human resources, a uh, ton of teamwork and just definitely real world skills and um, learning those skills and then succeeding in that environment, I think definitely pushed me and uh, gave me a bit of a running start when I entered university. It was exciting. That's kind of interesting too, because you were, Nelson Mac's a tiny little school. So when you're in Nelson Mac, there is a limited opportunity for options. Is that fair to say? For sure. For sure, for sure. So when you see a program like that, you're curious about it and you want to get more into business, uh, you're jumping all over. But there were other things in school you jumped all over. Because I remember when I came there, we just started bringing things to you people. 
starting right. programs for you people. And we, we, we became uh, the little high school that thought big. And we started doing big projects and big pieces. What are the things that you get involved in in school, in high school? Uh, yeah, I think a big one for me was the hovercraft competition team. Um, I ended up pursuing engineering after high school. So that kind of uh, gave me an introduction to what engineering includes. Uh, we designed and competed with the hovercraft uh, design and prototype, which was cool. Um, definitely school sports were a big part of our school community and uh, part of my high school experience, which was awesome. Um, we also offered, uh, we had a leadership committee, student government, yearbook, things like that, uh, that were fun to do as well. I mean, it's good skills. And, and you uh, got your, well, you got your nose into all those things, didn't you? I did. So you're the kind of person who just saw something happening there and you had to get yourself into it. Like, I think that's fair to say. Yeah, well, no, I, I always thought that about you, but you managed it all. You're also the valedictorian for your class. You won the governor general in grade 12 for your class. So why did you pursue so many things, and what effect did that have on you? Uh, yeah, good question. I'd say uh, in high school definitely was fueled by curiosity um, to learn more about my personal interests, what I enjoy doing, um, and just to kind of get a broad range of different experiences. And uh, entering university, I throughout high school, didn't know what I wanted to pursue post high school. So um, towards the end of, I guess, towards the beginning of grade 12, I decided uh, to pursue engineering to learn more about it. Uh, it's a very diverse field, and that was intriguing to me. Well, that's pretty cool. So you got entry level quickly because of your because uh, your excellent academic standing. You got direct entry into the uh, the the Price School of Engineering, right at at yes. the U of M. You also won a, as I recall, a, a Leader of Manitoba Award from the U of M, which is a bit of a a bit of a significant scholarship, right? Yes. Yeah, the so Leader of Tomorrow Award. The lead, Leader of Tomorrow, and it, through JA, didn't you win some awards there too? Yes, I did. Other scholarships. Okay. So you haven't paid for university at all, have you? Uh, a lot of costs were covered, yes. Okay, right on. I like that. I, you're, you're always so graceful. And I, I think it's a great thing. And I think it's within students to seek that out. You were, you're a seeker. I always thought that about you. I want to check this out. I want to see what that's about. Where did you do this? You're peeking your head around corners all the time, looking at what's going on here? How can I connect with this? That curiosity piece you have, is that something, now you went into the, the School of Engineering, and in that first year of engineering, my son did it. It's just a grind. Like, are, are they literally trying to weed you out or figure out if you have what it takes to be an engineer, do you think? Um, I personally think 100% it's a weeding out process to uh, see who's fit to stay in the faculty. Unfortunately, they have a high... Uh, number of people who apply and they have less ability to admit people. So um, yeah, even after that first year, they're definitely looking to weed, weed people out before putting people into departments. So it's difficult for sure. So before yeah, we go year... any further go into this, um, how did you get into engineering? Like, was it something in your family that uh, you heard about or did someone refer you to go into engineering? How did you get about that sort of field? Yeah, good question. Um, throughout high school, I really had no idea what it was or what it included, so I'd never really considered it as an option. Uh, definitely going to throw this in there with the there's a lower percentage of women in engineering. Uh, it's a male-dominated field, so for sure that wasn't really like a natural path. Um, I don't have engineers in the family, so 
uh, yeah, I ended up learning about it during high school. Uh, I think the SHAD program that I attended uh, summer of 2017 was definitely important for me getting more of an introduction to what engineering actually looks like when you go to study it and uh, when you end up practicing it. So that was motivating for me for sure. And then learning more about it in my final year of high school before deciding that uh, sounds like a good possibility, something I might want to pursue. So I decided to just go for it. Uh, and we were talking That's about awesome. uh, weeding people out. Um, what's something that through that time kept you uh, motivated to keep going through that course? Yeah, good question. Uh, first year was rough for sure. Academically, personally, I feel like it was uh, mentally very taxing. Um, and I did, I had some doubt for sure during that period, uh, but decided to keep going because I had kind of my heart set on the biosystems engineering department and uh, you can't apply to a specific department until you've completed uh, at least your first year of university. So I really wanted to make it to that point, um, get into biosystems and see if uh, there was a future that I wanted to explore and pursue within that department specifically. So biosystems engineering. So that's really connects to who you are, like the biosystems, because I we've interviewed a number of students on this podcast engineering. They're electrical, they're mechanical, they're doing different things. We never had a biosystems cool. person. So what is yeah. bio? What is biosystems engineering? This is a great question. This is a, a popular question. So basically it has uh, like the same core courses as mechanical engineering, um, but you add in biology courses on top of that. So you deal with plants, animals, natural materials, ecosystems, um, and sustainability is a big part of it. So uh, I decided I might want to pursue engineering, but didn't want anything to do with it unless it involved um, some bio biological environmental aspects. So um, so it really drew me to the program specifically. It's one of the smallest departments of engineering at the U of M and a lot of other schools across Canada don't offer biosystems degrees specifically. Um, yeah, it's a pretty specialized form of engineering. So what would you say um, you do? Because you've kind of explained uh, what courses you take with it and everything, but are you, would you say you're someone who finds like solutions to climate change or are you someone who just helps companies be more sustainable or what exactly do you do in that field? Yeah, there's a, there's a couple different parts to it. So those two are great examples actually of what biosystems can include. Um, I'm doing an environmental specialization. So I'm interested in um, managing and sustaining ecosystems responsibly using natural resources and also uh, interested from a sustainability perspective of how industry and different manufacturing processes can have less of a negative effect on the environment. So like reducing emissions, um, increasing efficiency and things like that. Well, that really fits into what you've been thinking about all your life, though. Like, you're also volunteers a girl guide. Well, you were a girl guide, right? I was. Long time. And did that connect you? Like, you have this sense of the environment. You've always had that. And it's funny, Katie, you and I were funny because I was kind of running JA and you were in JA. And we always had different, you're always this sweet and kind and worried about the world. And I'm always, I was always worried about how are we going to make the most money doing this project? Working the, do you remember we had those? <laughs> interesting conversation we have to somehow find a way to do that and 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 work it and i was always amazed that while you were doing our projects you had this sensibility about the environment all the time and you you have a small business prop you have a small propagation business right talk about that 
Sure. Yeah. And you had it so, in high school. You had it in high school. Yeah, I started in high school, and uh, just as a side project, side hobby, I uh, run a houseplant business. So I uh, sell houseplants and also propagate them and take care of them. Uh, I think it really stems from my interest in plants and biology and spending time outside, and uh, it's just kind of a natural extension for me to uh, fill up some time and pursue that hobby. Uh, yeah, it's not a huge aspect of my uh, financial plan for myself or really my personal goals, but it's for sure a lot of fun. And I also enjoy that uh, it helps me connect with other people. Yes. Did, 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 did the Girl Guide volunteer, or, well program and then you volunteered with it, did that help stimulate that aspect of you too? Because aren't Girl um, Guides connected to the environment as well too? For sure. Uh, I've attended a lot of Girl Guide camps, spent a lot of time outside. Uh, yeah, we run spring and fall camps, and then I did volunteer as a Girl Guide leader for a few years after uh, finishing the program as a youth. So, yeah, it was always exciting to take kids outside, uh, go hiking, go camping, and, yeah, do some environmental exploration. Would you say your your hobbies include, like, going camping or just going into the woods and go hiking or something since you enjoy nature and plants so much? Yeah, absolutely. It's like one of my favorite things to do is uh, to go and spend time outside. Unfortunately, school makes that a little bit difficult sometimes. It's definitely <laughs> heavy workload. But yeah, camping, hiking, canoeing, uh, spending time outside. And of course, while you're in high school, I think you may have been aware of the program. I'm not sure if we introduced it to you, but the Duke of Edinburgh program. I don't know if our, my, my co-hosts understand what the Duke of Edinburgh program is. Do you? You can... Go no, like this? Or... No, <laughs> I've never no heard idea. Of okay. Okay. Well, well, this is a very cool program from the Duke of Edinburgh. A very British, a very British program that allows students to collect this very special distinction if they can assert themselves in very powerful ways that connect to the environment, and it requires them all to partake of outdoor activities which strengthen their character. Did I did I kind of nail that, or is uh? I sound Scottish. I'm from, not sure. From what, from how you're explaining it, it sounds like they take a bunch of kids and uh, bring them camping, and then teach them how to like <laughs> set up tents and everything. Well, there's a bit of that for the first one, but Katie, talk about the Duke of Edinburgh program because you're the only person at Nelson Mac I think to get this in my history. I go back to the 40s. No, I'm kidding. I go back to the 20s actually. I don't remember anyone from Nelson Mac getting this award because it's a massive. It's a massive award in which uh, British royalty comes and presents you with different levels. There's a, there's a bronze medal you get in your own little distinctive with the governor general or something. Then there's a silver medal. And then there's the gold medal where the actual royalty comes down and presents you with this special distinction. So talk about that award, why you went for it. As usual, Katie's looking around the corner going, hmm, Duke of Edinburgh world. wonder what this is all about. I think I'll try it. Talk about that award. And, right. and, and, I, and what it is. Okay, I feel like, yeah, that's, that's pretty fair. Uh, as to how I got into it, I actually heard about it first through one of my Girl Guide leaders uh, had told me about it. I think you have to be, uh, I believe, 15 to begin the program. So I was a year early. So I thought about it for a year before starting it and uh, decided to go for it. Basically, it's set up as an award where um, it's a large time commitment, but there are different categories where uh, as a youth, as a young person, you are pursuing a skill, you're pursuing physical activity, 
uh, you're pursuing volunteering or service. And then there's also, there's an outdoor, uh, they call it an adventurous journey component. So uh, it sounded like, for me personally, things that I was already pursuing or interested in. Um, and I was kind of able to fit this award into uh, extracurriculars, activities that I was doing uh, with a few added hours. Uh, yeah, picked up a volunteer position uh, and yeah, completed this adventurous journey, which is basically where you plan and execute an outdoor uh, camping or uh, trip where the idea is that you are traveling by your own power. So you can go canoeing, you can go biking, you can go backcountry camping, and um, you're spending some time outside and connecting with the environment. Well, that last one is a pretty long trip, though, isn't it? Aren't you out there for like five or ten days or something? Yeah, I believe at the gold level, it's a it's a five day trip. Yeah, that's kind of amazing. And the fact that you chose to do all that. And what I like about the Duke of Edinburgh program is it really just takes all the things you're doing. Like when you said I was doing a lot of these things already. It takes a lot of the things you're doing and offers you the chance to go get more things to build your skill sets. It really is about the character. Like, would you feel like that award helped to build your character? And in what way did it do that? If it for did. For sure. I'd say for me, it was definitely good for personal organization um, to kind of balance out the different things that I was pursuing and considering uh, to kind of categorize what I was doing and how I was spending my time. And definitely uh, the time commitment, you work on it on all of these different categories for a specific amount of time. So I think that just that dedication is for sure important for character building and uh at the end it's a nice sense of accomplishment because you've you've done something it's very quantifiable uh and yeah it's really nice to have that distinction at the end as well and so all the pieces you're doing at nelson mac like the junior achievement shad valley um um the, the hovercraft they all contribute to the duke right Yes, potentially. I mean, if you can fit it into a category, then you can count it towards your hours for this award. And that's pretty cool. Hey, tell us a bit what Shad Valley was. Do you guys know what Shad Valley is, my co-host? No. Shad Valley is a very cool program. If you can get your nose into Shad Valley, it may shape your – in fact, when you said it shaped your engineering sensibility, um, talk about that program. First of all, you got to be selected for it. So Nelson Mack selected her to be someone who could go, and then – once you're down there, where do you go? What were you doing? And what, what was your stream? Shad Valley's got a number of streams, right? Where you can pick the stream you want to go into. What did you choose? And, and what influence did that have on you towards being the engineer? What kind of projects did you do there? Yeah. Okay. So the Shad program, it's basically a month-long uh, intensive science camp that is run across different universities in Canada. Uh, and it's for high school students. So they take people... Uh, after grade 11, typically uh, in that like 16, 17 year old range, and they send you, uh, if you're accepted into the program, they send you for a month to go and live um, at a university across Canada. Uh, you're staying in residence. And so it's STEAM based, which stands for science, technology, engineering, the arts and math. So uh, it's definitely kind of that science, science based uh, programming, also with a focus on creativity, entrepreneurship. Uh, I ended up working on a team uh, with a project. We designed a hydroelectric turbine. Uh, there is a different topic of design projects every year. And so ours was something along the lines of uh, improving, like reducing emissions, improving the ecological footprints uh, of people across Canada. 
So well, sorry, geez, rebuilt... here you are. I'm just, just a sec. here you are. I mean, what what am I doing in grade eleven? I'm stealing crab apples. You're designing a hydroelectric turbine. That's right. I difference. also like that... preface this by saying I didn't <laughs> know at this point anything about engineering. I had no background in this other than a uh, grade eleven science courses and things like that. So it's definitely a uh, it's a challenge for students, and the expectations aren't that you're working at that university educated level because that would be unrealistic, but. Yeah, Pretty it's cool. it's a design challenge and uh, it's an entrepreneurial project. Right. Cool. So, uh, I mean, hydroelectric turbine. What goes into making that? Not only the 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 steps, <laughs> but like just materials in general. Like what 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 in the world? Like just what was the whole process? Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> for our design project, uh, it was definitely concept based. I mean, we couldn't we didn't finish up with a prototype that we could bring to market and try and sell because uh, we weren't quite at that level. But we had the idea of designing a hydroelectric turbine uh, that you could fit into a water pipe and basically harness some of that energy from the moving water, turn the turbine, and then generate energy, kinetic energy to electric energy using the hydroelectric turbine uh, that would otherwise be wasted. So basically increasing that electrical efficiency. Um, the design and materials, the hydroelectric turbine was designed to be smaller scale uh, for water pipes, residential pipes, industrial pipes, things like that. Um, and yeah, probably if you brought an engineer uh, onto a team with that type of design problem, then it is feasible. But we also didn't have a uh, final solution at the end of our project, unfortunately. That's pretty cool, though. Who in high school is working on a hydro? Turbine, not oh me. <laughs> not me. Not me. Maybe are you working on one of those? Oh, oh yeah, on. definitely. Right in my backyard. I should actually leave and maybe go work on it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. Get back on the project. I like that. I like that. So, I I hope my co-hosts are getting the impression. I hope our I hope our listeners are getting the impression. You're a person who just goes and tries things. Uh, sometimes you're selected for things, but it's it's really because of your drive, your work ethic your interest in achieving and getting the most out of something. Is that fair? Like you're always looking to get the best out of something. And what can I discover about myself? What were in all these experiences we've talked about? And there's more. I could go over many more and you know I could because uh, I was with you at, at Nelson Mac. What are the what are the key pieces now when you think about all the stuff I've done? What are the what are the great what are the key decisions you made that have really had the biggest influence on you among all those? And that's a lot of choice. You choose from a lot of pieces. But if you had to think about this was the key one that helped me move forward into this into the right space to help me find my best fit, what do you think it would be? Right. Um, I'd say that for me personally, attending Shad um, during high school was critical to kind of open up my mind and uh, consider different possibilities. That's what initially got me thinking about engineering. Um, but for sure, personally, I think my ability to accept a challenge or to say yes to an opportunity, even if I'm unsure of what it will actually include, I think that that's uh, something that I really value about myself and that I would encourage that even if you're unsure about something you're considering, you're not sure, you don't know how it's gonna work out, um, I would definitely recommend taking the opportunity, saying yes, and uh, and discovering either it's it's going to be a good fit, it's not going to be a good fit, it's not going to work out, maybe it's going to be very successful. I think that uh, 
yeah, you can't know the outcome before you give it a try. Would you say you had any big mentors uh, that led you into this field? I know I kind of asked this question before, but to be more specific, like someone who said, you know what, I think you would really enjoy um, going into the engineering field. Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think that going to a small high school, I had the advantage uh, going to Nelson McIntyre Collegiate of getting to know my teachers on more of a personal level. Um, they really knew me as a student. And um, I think that uh, going through these programs with Mr. Magnifico, with Mr. Sabrin, uh, I remember one day talking to Mr. Sabrin and he asked me if I'd consider pursuing engineering. And um, I hadn't really in the past. So I decided to do a little bit of research, looked into it. And I think that that was critical kind of that question and then like asking me more questions about what I was interested in doing uh, definitely helped me to consider that path as a viable option and then I ended up applying and when I was accepted then that was kind of uh, that's when I decided to give it a try to honestly <laughs> try it out put myself through first year and uh, yeah make it to the biosystems department. Boy, that's 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 interesting. Like Sab's tapped you on the shoulder. That's what I, I've written an article about that for a magazine about the important things in school are to find those mentors. And sometimes we had a unique little group there at Nelson Mac because the typical teacher doesn't go into their course and say, "Here's where it will lead." You know what I'm saying? It's more about completing the content and making sure you graduate. Where I think Sab's and I were working in that, it was something called the Imagine program that said, "Let's imagine possibilities and see where they can go and see where." you have potential to see your fit. I love when you said, just do it. Don't worry about if it's going to be the right thing. Because we tried to foster that feeling through that Imagine program to say, just go into that frying pan. We're here to support you. Nothing, Nothing's going to be awful. And if it doesn't work out, we just move on to the next thing. And that was that, did that program help to build that sense of, let's just go do stuff and not worry about what exactly the outcome is. Let's just see what sticks. Yes, I'd say definitely. Um, I think the high school level is also a really good time to take those different opportunities. I mean, your risk factors are pretty low. And even moving into university, I mean, so many people go in and change their minds and explore different things. And yeah, kind of when you're working through school, I think that that's, that's an awesome time to be looking at different opportunities and trying new things. For people... So if you... Oh, Sorry. go ahead. Sorry. Okay. Um, so for people coming out of high school who still don't necessarily have a, a, a grasp of exactly what they want to do, is there anything that you'd suggest trying to, to do to help find a, a general direction? Yeah, I feel like that's such an important question. Um, I'd say definitely uh, aim to pursue something that you're interested in and that you enjoy doing. Um, if you are pursuing schooling or work or experience where you aren't having fun, you're not having a good time, you don't like any parts of it, then it's probably not worth your time. Maybe it's not a good fit. Maybe it's not the right time. Um, so yeah, if you can find something to spend your time doing that you honestly enjoy, uh, doesn't have to be every part of it. I mean, there's lots of parts of engineering that I'm not personally a big fan of. But yeah, if it's if it's interesting, if it's fun, and uh, yeah, if you think you're passionate about it, I'd say, go for it, try it out. And I, and I love what you said, that first year of engineering had doubts, right? It's totally okay to have those doubts. And I think you'll never have it all figured out. Even like you're looking at an old sage like me, I don't have it all figured out. I don't think I will till, you know, you're all at that bed saying, my difficult, what's the secret of life? And I'm going to be saying, oh, I don't know. Anyway, it, it's, 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 it, it's just 
going, giving it a shot. I love that you, um, one other thing you did, of course, another of your experiences was, and I saw it on Instagram, I was following you on Instagram in the best way, okay? Uh, your great pictures of all the landscapes, because you took an international kind of exchange program with the U of M, you were able to do an internship in Germany. Talk about that and what influence that space had on you, being down there in, in a world far, far away. Right. Yeah, I think uh, personally, professionally, it was a huge influence. Um, I applied to the U of M exchange program um, on a whim, definitely, for an electrical engineering position. Uh, they were looking for students to send to Germany to work at a partner university and do a research project for the summer. So um, as a non-electrical engineering student, I was somewhat unqualified, definitely unsure of the whole uh, whole experience, but I decided to apply. Um, ended up getting accepted and went for it. So I'd say definitely uh, being an international student working in a foreign country was for sure like the best learning experience of my life so far. Um, Why? Why was that so? Yeah, I think uh, working with different people, I was working in English, but being surrounded by people speaking a language that I do not speak, do not understand. yeah, being in a different environment was just a great place to learn. Uh, the whole electrical engineering fit was not great for me because that's not my uh, that's not my background, that's not my education. But it was fascinating to learn about, and there was definitely uh, I had a lot of help at the university I was working at, which was great, uh, which was necessary for me completing my project. But uh, yeah, receiving that mentorship and getting those new experiences in a field that's obviously engineering based but different from what I normally do was was awesome. It was fascinating. That's that's an amazing thing to say. And unfortunately, we're running out of time on this podcast, but I love all of the things you've said. You've said so many great quotes. Um, but I do want to ask at the end, since it's kind of the end of the podcast now, is there anything like if you have one sentence that you would tell a high school student who is terrified to pick a field that they want to go into, what would you tell them? Great line. Ooh. Uh, I would say give it a try and uh, also make sure that you're taking care of yourself so, uh, yeah, make sure that you're meeting your needs and also, uh, yeah, trying something new. That's that's a great quote. And just before you, just before we get to the quick cues, uh, just, Katie, that's exactly that. That whole Germany piece is exactly who you are. You're looking around a corner and thinking, what's going on here? I'm going to try that. I just love that. If you have that attitude in life, it will just take you to places you can't even imagine. And it took you to Germany. And when I watched your Instagram, you got to check out our Instagram, um, of all the great pictures of Germany and the landscapes and the environments and the pieces you, that are connecting to you, you said they're new. You seek new. Like That's always been your, your, your most powerful quality about you. You seek the newness. You seek the world is not status quo. What I do is, I, is what I do. But what is out there is great potential. It's new. It's fresh. And there's so much to learn. I just love that about you. I've always loved that about you. So congratulations on what is a life that's turning into something really spectacular. Really happy for you. And I can't wait to see you becoming the bio systems engineer of Winnipeg. Uh, are you, do you want to stay in Winnipeg? I'm not sure. Haven't decided okay. yet. Don't okay. jinx no, her. That, Don't jinx her. That, that, that's all good. Turn it over to you guys for quick cues. All right, so to quickly explain what Quick Cues is, it's in the name. It's a bunch of quick questions. Don't think about them at all. First thing that comes to mind, say it out. 
Um, and if you think too hard, we're just going to skip the questions. So. Okay, <laughs> are you ready? Yes. Okay, first question. Dog or cat? Dog. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Absolutely. Waffles or pancakes? Waffles. What do you put on your toast? Avocado. Messy or tidy desk? Tidy. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Pronounce D-A-T-A. Data. Uh, Starbucks or Tim's? <laughs> uh, Tim's. A favorite social media? Um, Instagram. Outdoors or indoors? Outdoors for sure. I knew that one. A strawberry or raspberry jam? <laughs> raspberry jam. Toilet paper over or under? Um, over. Morning or night? Morning. Do you believe in ghosts? No. And what's your favorite podcast? Oh, I'm going to have to say this one. Uh, yeah. I've never been on a podcast before, so this is very exciting, but uh, this one gets my vote. That's the right answer. Here. Well, so. you've got the correct answer. Now we'll actually put it online. That's <laughs> <laughs> you. Hey, you know what? That was that was awesome. Great answers. And you've uh, actually, you guys are getting better at this quick cues. It's, it usually drags out. People are asking explanations. We're trying to figure out. No, no. Well done. The quick cues team is on top of their game. You're really turning this into a good little event. Anyway, Katie, how what a pleasure it is to see you. You know awesome. what a pleasure well, thank it is. You. Thank no, you so much a... for having me. Oh, just what what a pleasure to converse and to tell your story. I think people are going to be inspired by your story and inspired by your sense of wonder and curiosity and just going for it and checking it out. Good will come of all the experiences uh, because you have a curiosity and just this innate sense of, why can't I do that? I just love that about you. I've always loved that about you, and it was why we chose you to do, when we're doing Junior Achievement at Hypercraft, we put you in leadership positions because we saw that in you, this sense of, we can figure this out, we can get this team to work, we can we can assemble all these people. So what a pleasure it has been to converse with you on this day on this podcast, but also to get to know you better and to gather this great podcast so people can hear your story and be inspired by it. I think people need to hear stories like yours to say um, – I'm worried about things, don't know where to go, and you felt that too, but you just jump into it. And whenever you jump into something with a good heart, something good happens. And you meet new people, you have new experiences, and and you gather possibilities for yourself. And find that sense of, here's where my best fit lies. And I think you're on that road. You're really on that road. So congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Oh, I'm I'm just so glad you're part of this podcast. At last, I've been bugging you for a long time, but at last, you it's, enjoyed it's been a long podcast. time coming. <laughs> it's been a long time coming. But you've always said I want to do it. I'm just busy, and I've I've always appreciated that because I know the kind of person you are. Uh, other people, I'd hand, I'd hound endlessly, but I I really understand that's exactly what you're doing. You are busy. Yeah, for sure. So, hey everybody, that's another edition of Adventures in Careerland. Uh, I'll be back here next week. I'll still be uh, recovering from this knee surgery, but I will be here live from maybe the yellow room. Maybe I'll find a different room. I'm not sure. But you can check us out on all the platforms, the podcast, your favorite podcast platform, and some of our uh, social media platforms. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, and we're on Twitter. And uh, we look forward to connecting with you. 
So that's it for another edition of Adventures in Careerland. Take care, everybody. Be well. <laughs>